0: Good evening, everyone. Uh, Tonight's Bible reading is on uh, Philippians chapter 1, verses 3 to 11. Uh, The Bible can be found under your chairs, and that's page 1178. So Paul writes to the Philippians, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion into the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you, since I have you in my heart, and whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you sharing God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you for the affection of Christ Jesus, and this is my prayer. That your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of christ filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through jesus christ to the glory and praise of god this is the word of the lord
1: Uh, let's pray dear heavenly father we thank you so much for your son jesus christ because through whom we could come to you directly and pray. I thank you that your Holy Spirit is living in every one of us who believes in Jesus, ever interceding for us, even when we don't feel like to pray, even when we don't know how to pray. May your Spirit open the eyes of our hearts so that we can see the wonders in your word and teach us how to pray through post-prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, for those of us who are believers, what excites you in your faith? Um, what, excites, what, what excites you in your Christian life? In your walk with God? And what things give you joy? And what might cause you to, to give thanks to God? And well done if you have things that came to your mind straight away as I asked those questions. But don't worry, if nothing comes to mind, uh, it took, took myself, took me a while to come up with things to, to give thanks for. Uh, it doesn't come natural to me. Uh, yeah, it took, took a bit, bit of while for me to come up with things I could thank God uh, as I read this passage. Um, we are going through today and paul says here in verse 3 and 4 i thank god every time i remember you in all my prayers for all of you i always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now Uh, ruth and i used to work with mission organization reaching university students Uh, and we before we moved to London four years ago to study theology. And as strange as it might sound to some of you, I've learned not to rejoice too soon if I see or if I hear people coming to Christ. Uh, I'll explain that in a bit. Uh, because you never know when someone prays to receive Christ, if they are actually genuine, so I'm a bit skeptical in, in that. It's too often we have students who pray to receive Christ, but they never show up to, to a follow-up appointment. And, but then when, when we invited them, those, those who said they, they received Christ, who became Christian, and then they, they come to the follow, follow-up meetings again and again, then we know that they truly wanted to follow Jesus. And that's, that's when I get, get excited. Um, and for, for that reason, I'm not always too excited to go to uh, evangelistic meetings and then you see all the hands that's raised. It's exciting to see, them, to see them responding to Jesus. But I'm more excited if they come back to the church uh, the following week and, and so on and so forth. Uh, I'm excited when I see remaining fruits. I'm excited when I see those new believers uh, starting to grow go deeper in their roots, and then start to bear their own fruit. That's, that's what excites me. I think this is how Paul's, how Paul's feeling when, when he said he always pray with joy because of their partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. I'm excited to see each of you here uh, at St. John's. Uh, the fact that you keep coming back shows that you are either genuinely seeking if you are not a believer yet or you are a remaining fruit from someone who shared gospel with you that you you became a christian and and you you keep coming back because you want to grow and i'm excited to see that you are making an effort to welcome new people we have quite a few new friends with us today and hopefully they felt welcomed so well done if you have done that, to help people feel welcomed. And I'm excited to see that many of you gave yourself sacrificially to host events, uh, to bring your friends, to be serving in, in the team to make uh, Sunday worship happen, um, and to share the gospel with people. So well done. And I'm excited to see that many of you aren't complacent with where we are at at. As a church, uh, but I think in, to find ways to actively engage with people who are on the fringe and who, are, uh, who fall through the the cracks. So some some of you have been to this grace advocacy meeting want to engage with people who need help. And some people suggested maybe we should go door knocking, to engage with neighbors. Well done. Uh, having said all that, I must confess it actually isn't natural for me to always think like how Paul thinks and give thanks like he does. And I hope you didn't cringe when I said all those things, when I said, well done. And I hope it wasn't cringy at all. Um, uh, maybe we ought to practice giving thanks and encouraging each other more like, like Paul, who always does that. Uh, verse 6, Paul tells the Philippian believers that they can be certain that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Hebrew 12 verse 2 tells us that Jesus is the author and perfecter of faith. Do you know that the fact we can believe is because of God who took took the initiative to make himself known to us and his Holy Spirit works in our hearts so that we can believe. And once we believe that Jesus is the Messiah who died for our sins, that's, that through him, through him alone we are saved and become children of God and God will never leave us nor forsake us. Jesus even promised twice in in John chapter 10. He promised many times elsewhere, but in John chapter 10, he said, no one can snatch us out of his hand. No one can snatch his sheep out of his hand, out of his father's hand. No one, not even us. None, None of you, not even any of you. Imagine God grabs hold of your arm and he promised he will never let you go. So I was, I was thinking about inviting David up, but I, I don't want to embarrass him in front of you. So imagine God grabs hold of your arm, all right? Just keep imagining. Uh, no matter what. Now, when we pray, it's like if we, we also grab onto his arm back, like, so, you, you know. It's, it looks so much better if, if I'm grabbing someone's arm and he grabs back, okay? So when we pray, it's like we grab onto his arm and you're putting your trust in him and you get to feel, you get to feel the muscle you, know, you get to feel the strength in his arm but even when we let go even when, when I let go of his arm for whatever reasons he never lets me go he never lets us go so now keep, keep, that, keep that image in your mind as we look at how we can pray for ourselves and for each other just as Paul prays for the Philippian believers. Uh, Firstly, verse nine, Paul prays that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. This prayer here is a little different from Paul's prayer for the Thessalonian believers in in another book that he wrote. So in another letter that he wrote to the Thessalonians, uh, where, where Paul prayed, that the Thessalonian believers' love may grow and overflow to each other. Uh, Here, Paul was addressing to the Philippian believers, and while he addressed to them collectively, Paul was focusing on encouraging individual growth here. In verse 9, the word abound means to have more than enough to a point that you have plenty left over. So I guess, in, in a way, you could say he was praying a similar thing, that their love, as, as their love abounds, it will benefit others around them because of all the leftovers, because of all the, all the more than that they can share. And the reason Paul is praying that their love may abound, here in verse 9, is so that they can discern what is best, that's verse 10, and result in being pure and blameless and fruitful. Uh, which we will get, get to it in a bit. So Paul, Paul knows in order to get there, their love would have to grow in knowledge and depth of insight. But why, why does Paul describe Christian love in this way? Love that abounds more and more in itself. That phrase sounds good enough, doesn't it? And it sounds biblical as well, You know that your love would abound more and more. But perhaps you'll see what Paul's getting at Uh, quite quickly. You see where he's getting at. If I was to replace this phrase with something else, for example, Paul doesn't pray that their love might abound more and more in ignorance and in insensitivity. Or Paul doesn't pray that their love might abound more and more in stupidity and cheap sentimentality. He prays, rather, that their love might abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. And this ever-growing love Paul prays about is very particular, uh, almost discriminating, if you think about it. It is to be constrained by knowledge and depth of insight. Without the constraint of knowledge and insight, love easily degenerates. And can be twisted into this kind of mushy pluralism. Plural, pluralism big word. Uh, the world often confuses with love. And a familiar with example that you, have, you all know would be the Church of England. Many of the leaders within the Church of England are still bent on offering prayers of blessing to same-sex couples in the name of love and acceptance. But in rea- reality, they have been leading people uh, astray from what the Bible teaches. Uh, ended up causing people to stumble, to sin, and, and driving them away from the truth. But on the other hand, if we increase only in knowledge and, and insight, but without love, then we fall into arrogant legalism and become overbearing, and so we scare people away from the church. So, what steps are we taking to increase our love, in knowledge, and our insight? How are you grow, growing in, in your love, uh, in knowledge, and our insight? Would you come every Sunday? Uh, to be fat, but only on Sundays. Uh, so you come every Sunday, and you, you are resuscitated and put on IV drips that gives you enough nutrient to sustain through, through the week. And then from Monday to Saturday, you go on hunger strike, only to come again the following Sunday to receive the same treatment to keep you going. Or would you feed on God's Word and talk to Him daily, pray to Him, And grab onto his arms secondly verse 10 Paul prays that their love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that they may discern what's best not the second best but the best he prays uh, that we may discern the best to discern what's best literally means to make a critical examination of the things that really matters. The same phrase appeared in Romans chapter two verse eighteen, and is rendered to approve what's superior. Because you are instructed by the law, you know His will, and approve what is superior. Here in Philippians chapter one verse nine. As your love abounds more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, you may be able to discern what is best. See, there are countless decisions in life where it's not a simple choice between right or wrong. To give you an example, if I was to go to Chinatown from Hampstead, um, I could jump on the tube and it would cost me two pound 80 are okay, you familiar with that? That's off-peak price. Peak will be more expensive. But I could just take the, take the bus. Uh, it would cost me 175. I'm not a miner, so I can go on free. But 175. that's, that's very good. It would save me one pound and five pence. Uh, but it would take a bit longer to get to, to Chinatown. Or I could run behind a taxi and that will save me 20 quid. None of those decisions were right or wrong. But the more I know about transport for London, the more options I have. Probably not the best analogy. But hopefully you can start to see where I'm getting at. Uh, Famous early 20th century Scottish evangelist Oswald Chambers once said, The great enemy of the life of faith is God. In God, it's not sin, but the good, which is not good enough. The good is always the enemy of the best. Usually, when people first become Christians, they were all so excited; they'd give it all, following the Lord. Um, You'd give your time, your energy, you give your whole even without much knowledge and insight, because you're still young in in, in Christ. But then things happen. Life happens. We get distracted. And so we ended up making lots of good, but not the best decisions. And, And it took us away from what's excellent, what's superior, what's best. But Paul prays that they can discern what's best. And so that we can yield... 30 times, 60 times, times, or even 100 times more fruit as a result. See, God is going to be faithfully getting us to the destination, whether we end up uh, um, discerning what's best or not. But you and I are still responsible for how much we enjoy and experience this journey. Based on how much our love grows in knowledge and insight, based on if you choose to grab onto his arm or not. Uh, Finally, Paul prays that the love of those Christians might abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that they will be able to discern and approve what is truly excellent. And all of this so that they may be pure and blameless and filled with the fruit of righteousness for the day of Christ. And the reason I put verse 11 together with the second half of verse 10 is because it's actually a long sentence. Uh, So filled with the fruit of righteousness in verse 11 is a parallel expression to being pure and blameless in verse 10. Uh, Remember back in verse 6, Paul expressed his confidence that the one who has begun begun a good work in the Philippian believers will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. And this is the theme Paul's picking up here again. And with with the day of Christ in sight, knowing that we will see him face to face, can we present ourselves pure and blameless? Uh, The word, the word pure, Uh, I wasn't going to share this earlier because it's very confusing. Different scholars saying different things, I checked two dictionaries, but I thought it's still worth sharing. Uh, The word pure in its original Greek uh, is a combination of two root root words, and that's where the confusion happened. But one one meaning says that it's unalloyed, meaning metal in its uh, pure form, Not, not alloyed, not mixed together with different types of metal, so just unalloyed metal. And an- another potential meaning of the word is exempt by heat or, or by sunlight. So back, back in those days, in, in the early first century, around then, there were lots of dishonest merchants around selling sculptures or artifacts. Um, they sell those flawed, flawed sc- sculptures or artifacts and what they do is they professionally fill the cracks with wax, so professional that you couldn't tell if it's a legit, you know, good quality stuff or if it's flawed. And the only, only way you could find out if it's actually flawed is to put it under the heat or under the sunlight. So, so this word pure has got that meaning there. So have we been tainted in any way and become impure? As we approach the day of the Lord, do we know if we are presenting ourselves pure and blameless, giving our best to the Lord? But we want to be pure and blameless, not because of fear that God is going to call us out or or He's going to judge us harshly if we haven't been, you know, good boys and girls, being pure and blameless. No. No. Paul is encouraging them to live with a view to the day of Christ. Imagine this, you're going to meet someone you love so much. Uh, someone you know who loves you so much too. So you decided to make yourself presentable. You, you, you changed your bad habits and you do things you know that would please that person you love. And you just can't wait to see that person. Uh, It's what genuine relationship is all about. No one forces you to do things or to behave in a certain way. You just can't help but to be the best of yourself. Uh, It's exciting. It's joyful. No one forces you to do it. You aren't doing that out of fear that God might reject you. Can you see the difference? Then the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ is made possible when we remain in him and he in us. We were like wild and useless olive trees only till we are grafted unto Jesus and through him nourishing us, we then become fruit bearing branches. So it's only through his help, we can live a life pleasing to God, pure and blameless and bearing fruits 30 times, 60 times, or even 100 times? Would you rather let God drag you along? You know, He would never let go. He could drag you along until the day of Christ Jesus. Or would you grab hold of Him too, cling onto Him and enjoy the firm arm of God and experience His faithfulness? So, to, to sum up, Jesus is the author and the perfecter of faith and remember God's promise that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus so pray for yourself pray for each other that our love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that we may discern what's best and trust in Christ to be working in and through our lives results in us being pure, blameless, and filled with fruit of righteousness. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for taking the initiative to make yourself known to us, so that we can know you through Jesus, who is the author and the perfecter of our faith thank you that we can have confidence with 100% certainty that you who began a good work in us will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus and may Paul's prayer to the Philippian believers be true to us too that our love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that we may be able to discern what's best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ. To the glory and praise of God. Amen.